0: city without a soul. I stopped outside a church house where the citizens like to sit. They say they want the kingdom, but they don't want God.
1: From the Mecca of Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Heart of the Matter, where Mormonism meets biblical Christianity face to face, and I'm Sean McCraney, your host. I have to talk that way because we're sitting in a new set. The first time we've been without our table, and I just felt like uh, it was more comfy and cozy, you know, and I should drink my Diet Coke with two hands. and anyway we have an amazing show tonight it's going to be fantastic because we have some great guests i am so excited if you have family or friends who want to uh watch this give them a call if they can't see it on live tv here uh tell them to go to www.hotm.tv and they can watch streaming video from anywhere in the world and 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 we are pleased to announce that tonight On AM 820, Got Truth, The Truth, you can hear Heart of the Matter, 50,000-watt radio station. It's going to power all through the state. It's a great station dedicated to airing sound Christian programming, and we're pleased to be a ministerial partner with uh, them. So tell your family and friends that they can get the show. If they can't get the show on streaming or on television, that they can go and just tune in to AM 820 right now and hear Heart of the Matter, and then call in later than that. I Was a Born Again Mormon. If you're from outside of Utah, you can go to www.bornagainmormon.com and pick up the book. If you live in Utah, I Was a Born Again Mormon is available at utlm.org and in their store itself at Oasis Books in Logan, Christian Gift in Bible in Sandy, New Life Books in Layton, Sam Weller's Downtown, Salt Lake City, Calvary Chapel, Dolly's Books in Park City, Gift of Grace uh in Springville and Lifeway Books in Murray, and in no other places where fine books are sold. So, if you want to uh, get the book, you can get it at any of those. Of course, if you can't afford the book, you can call us and uh, or email us, and we'll send it to you like that. And I got an email from someone named Blair who said that he is currently reviewing the book, and he asked several questions. One: Why are there two editions? The first book was called Born Again Mormon. The second one is called I Was a Born Again Mormon. The only reason I changed it is because there were so many Christian apologists who got all nervous by the title born-again Mormon, so I just clarified it that I was a born-again Mormon, and that seemed to settle that a bit. Two, there are no page numbers in the first edition. Why? Because I didn't want to put them in, and I wanted to frustrate people, and that's exactly why, and it has done its job, and I wish I never had done that. Number three, why did you decide to change the title from born-again to I was a born-again? I answered that. And the second edition, he says, uh, perpetuated many errors from the first edition. Why didn't you fix them? And I didn't know there were any, so uh, there's your answer. All right. <laughs> Let's go to, uh, I had two separate uh, conversations with people about this topic, and so I think it's important to say, there's a tendency to highlight and focus the difficulty of coming out of Mormonism, especially in the state. The sensational is always more inviting and easier to talk about when it comes to leaving. How you left and and people showed up at your door burning candles and your children were were picked on. and, And I know this happens in this state. But there's another side to the story and we want to present all sides to people who are challenging to leave the LDS church. So while there there may be fallout with family and friends and the job and the community, and sometimes it's very, very difficult for people, uh, sometimes leaving is more liberating and engaging than remaining inside. Sometimes people leave and it's easy. Sometimes they leave and all the fear and all the trepidation that they had about leaving the church turns out to be a non-event. As one sister said to me the other day, quote, when you are in and looking at getting out, you think you're the only one. That nobody out there is where you are and doing what you're doing. But once you do it, you find an entire community that exists and thrives outside of the LDS church. Many people have the idea because of what you have been taught in the church that as soon as you say, I want to take my name off that a dark cloud is going to park over your home and your children are going to run amok and and, and your animals are going to hate you and everything else. And, and and for some people, that they may experience those type of things, but for some people, it just isn't so. It isn't so at all. So especially if people abandon ship with a relationship to Jesus, and that's such an important caveat, which is why our ministry is about replacing joseph with jesus and about replacing the book of mormon with the bible or doctrine Covenants with the bible and temple rites with a personal relationship with god so in the end whether your exit is difficult or easy take it to the lord trust in the lord and uh... abandon ship also you can go to www.utlm.org for instructions on how to do that suggest you do we've had a number of you kind reviewers send us recommendations to uh, review a recent article written by Chuck Goldberg in the Ogden Stam- Standard Examiner titled, The Jesus of Mormonism is Not the Jesus of Christianity. The article is well written indeed, and surprisingly, it appeared unedited in the August 11, 2008 Standard Examiner paper. But there's one little problem with reading this article and other articles like it on this program. And it's a problem I think that I can now address on the air. Some of you will remember a show a number of months ago where some loudmouth person uh, talked about a presidential candidate, very frankly, uh, who happened to be running for office at the time. Well, a number of our fine brothers and sisters in uh, U- of the Utah elect got rather upset, and they filed complaints with this group called the IRS. The IRS, in turn, quite professionally and exhaustively investigated the complaints. They investigated my person. They investigated the ministry as to whether we were deserving the 501c3 tax-exempt status any longer. Oh, the love just keeps pouring in on this ministry, doesn't it? Well, anyway, uh, so we had to go and we had to fight and we had to present to the IRS why and what the context was of that show where I spoke about that certain presidential um, Candidate, luckily for us, there's a group called the Pacific Justice League out of Sacramento, California, that came to bat for us, and they presented such good arguments to the IRS that they could have fined us, they could have sanctioned us, and they could have even removed our tax-exempt status, but they reviewed the facts and content of my comments and dismissed all charges. But they did give our ministry a warning that it needs to corral the host and his mouth on certain issues that he cannot talk about on the air well it so happens that the standard examiner article uh, is couched in political rhetoric and it talks about politics and people running for office vice presidents things like that so while the title is engaging it seems it would fit well on our show I just can't cover it so that's why I just keep getting these emails from people please cover this please cover this and we just can't so I have to draw a line there I've learned my lesson All right. Uh, With that, let's have a prayer. Dear Lord, uh, we love you. We are grateful for this airtime. We pray for our viewing audience, whether they're here or at home. We pray for the uh, guests on our show. And uh, we pray that your spirit and their hearts will reach people uh, who are searching. Lord, send your spirit to be here with them. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been blessed by a number of uh, people who willingly want to come on the show. They volunteer uh, their time and their travel and their expenses. Those guests range from people who really have a testimony who have come out of Mormonism to people who want to juggle monkeys for Jesus on the air. And often we just get the emails and we put them in the back of our brain. Well, a very short time ago, two weeks, I received an email from a man named Micah, and he told me about... uh, himself and a little bit about this band he has uh with his friends called adams road and i just put it in the back of my mind well then i had a uh pastor come uh and and come to one of our services and he talked to me and he said i just want to mention to you this this band i've never really heard before but they're called adams road and i really think you ought to look into it well this was two things that said you know you ought to check this out so we said okay come on out so they came and they played for lord's word last sunday and i gotta tell you um it was phenomenal. These young men have a phenomenal ministry. Not only uh, their music, which their music, you're only going to hear some of it tonight, acoustic guitar, their voices, the message of their songs, and, but their testimonies. These are five ex-LDS young men. Four of them return missionaries. You have a chance, Latter-day Saints in the state, to call tonight and ask your questions from them. You know I'm a reprobate. You know I'm just a rebel whatever, so I fit a certain category, but now you've got some other guys that you can say, well, why did you leave the church? What's that about? I want to introduce to you the first one where it all started, from what I understand, and let's have Micah come out and share his testimony with us. A brief Heart of the Matter applause. All right, Micah why don't you share with us if you would um your testimony and how it leads into the song you're going to play
2: okay yeah well um again my name is michael wilder uh i grew up in indiana um i uh i uh, moved to utah right here in utah when i was 14 years old uh, to alpine and um, went to Lone Peak High School, and uh, was a strong member of the church my whole life. Um, I'd say more so than most people my age. You know, I always had, held the leadership positions. Always did, you know, everything that that I was taught to do. And when I was 19 years old, I was a good boy. I went on my mission uh, to Orlando, Florida, and uh, that's when my life changed. And um, three months into my mission, I had an inter- interesting experience. I uh, met with a Baptist minister, of all people. And me like an arrogant young missionary, I went into him thinking that I was going to convert him to the Mormon church. And um, I sat down and my companion and I, we taught him the first discussion. We, you know, we told him about Joseph Smith, the restoration, the apostasy, all this stuff. That he kind of acted like he didn't know about, but obviously he did. And um, after, we, after we were done talking to him, he looked me in the eyes and he basically ripped apart everything that I had just taught him. But he did it in a way that was loving and he did it in a way that was straight out of the word of God in a way that I couldn't contend and uh, I was speechless I, w- I was completely speechless because here was something that that I was so I had involved my life so much in I was so passionate about you know if if somebody talked to me Joseph, Joseph Smith I would start crying I'd say oh I know he's the prophet you know I'd get I, I was so emotional about the church and about what I believed and um, and here's somebody who just ripped it all apart um, using the Bible and uh and he challenged me and when when he shook my hand at the end of that meeting he looked at me and he said elder Wilder that I promise you that if you go home, if you open up the Word of God and read it, God will open your eyes and your life will change. And you will realize that everything that your life has been built on is false. Wow. And, uh, and I was mad. I was really mad. <laughs> and uh, I, w- I wanted to go home and I wanted to prove him wrong. So that, that very night I went home and I opened up my Bible and started what was a year and a half process of reading the New Testament. Hmm. And uh, unlike you, Sean, I didn't have this big epiphany all in one night. But it started, and 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 doctrinal point after doctrinal point, verse after verse, chapter after chapter of the Bible, I began to see my whole beliefs unravel right before me. Um, a- every doctrinal point, you know, the temple, the priesthood, um, you know, prophet, modern-day prophets, all that stuff, you know, I realized had been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And uh, two weeks to go on my mission, and by this point, you know, I was I was really coming into myself as a Christian. I was really saying. I think that the Mormon church is completely false, hmm. completely false. And up to that time, it was just, well, maybe this has got problems. Maybe this has problems. But uh, I realized that the church was, was completely false. And, um, you know, I had been telling different people, different missionaries about this. And obviously the word spread to uh, my mission president, my leader uh, at the time. And he called me into a meeting and he said, Elder Wilder, I've been hearing these things about you and I want you to tell me, you know, what you believe yourself. And And I said, well, if there's any time to just, you know, go for it and to just jump off the deep end and, and to let Christ carry me. It was now. And um, I told him that, that I was saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ through my faith, my faith alone, not through my works. I told him I didn't, I didn't need the Mormon church or any organization or any man to be saved, that I would be saved through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And, Woo! Uh, <laughs> and uh, obviously he wasn't very happy about that. And, uh, and uh, he had some words for me, but, you know, the amazing thing is the only thing at that point that, that I had in my life was Jesus Christ. The only thing that I could hold on to was Jesus Christ, and I told him that. I said, Jesus Christ is all I need. It's all anybody needs. His grace is enough. His love is sufficient. What he did on the cross saves everybody as long as they believe in him. And, uh, you know, he, they said I was following the path of the devil. They, they said I was evil. They said that, uh, you know, that if I didn't repent and come back to the Mormon church, that I couldn't be saved, that I was, you know, that I was, I was you know, going to be damned and all this stuff. And I said, well, I know that my salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and uh, he, he uh, pulled out his booklet. He asked me all the temple recommend questions, and I answered them uh, honestly. Pulled out the temple recommend from my back pocket, gave it to him, and, and that's, that's the day that I became born again in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so so that, at th- that, that next day, they, they sent me on an airplane, sent me home to Utah. They, they kicked me off my mission. And uh, that's when I, you know, uh, the sands of, of, of my foundation of the church were washed away. And I was built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And, um, and these guys are coming to come out and sing a song called um, Open Your Eyes. And, uh, and Joseph here, uh, who's got the guitar, he's, he's me. He, he's representing me. All right. and uh, Jay over here is representing the pastor and this is kind of the story about uh, how God opened my eyes praise God
0: I sit across from you I know I stand for the truth yet I'm speechless you say that you serve Christ and that I am Deceived and lost, I tell you the truth, Jesus from the Bible says. The Bible is God's word, infallible. Nothing supersedes or is more correct. Like the Pharisees, you bring leaven into this bread with a living prophet. Even if an angel from heaven brings another gospel, the Bible says to reject. That you received and proclaimed it it's another testament not another gospel stop our ears listen to God's word so clear let's soften our hearts
1: Beautiful. So, uh, Micah, you have come out. They send you home two weeks early. And then, how, who was the next person of this group that sort of started to come out? And...
2: Well, uh, that would probably be Joseph, and I'll let him talk. But he and I uh, <laughs> served uh, together as missionaries. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of funny because um, uh, he was my zone leader almost the whole entire mission.
3: And so. And I was, you know, well, a little background on me real quick. I was a good Mormon boy. I grew up here in Utah. Woo! Go Davis. <laughs> Davis starts in Kaysville, Utah. And um, I had a little shout out, you know. But, uh, and, and so I was, you know, a good Mormon boy. Um, I grew up in the church. Um, I was born in the covenant. And, you know, my parents, you know, they, uh, they taught me well. And so I went on a mission when I was 19. But I actually had a very strong spiritual experience that led me to go on my mission. Um, because I was praying about the Book of Mormon, if it was true and stuff. And, you know, the church teaches you that, that if you have a good feeling, then that's God saying, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's truth, you know. But that that's not how it is. I, I mean, the the Bible teaches us that, that your heart can deceive you. So, But I had this good feeling, and, I, and it was the love of God, and it filled me with the love of God. And and um, I, thought, I thought that was God saying, okay, the Book of Mormon is true. So I'm like, okay, I'm going. So I went on a mission um, a year into it, um, I began to open my eyes, and I found Jesus a year into my mission. But um, that came from reading the Bible uh, with Micah. Like, <laughs> like he would come on exchanges with me, and we would like just sit in the house and read the Bible all day long. And we were supposed to be out like tracting and knocking on doors or going to appointments and stuff. But we would just like I mean, we just we were addicted to the Bible, you know, the Word of God. I was like, man, I've never read this before. This is awesome. So. So as I began to read, um, it, it was insane because I would go to church. I, okay, I read the New Testament, like parts about the Pharisees, like, um, you know, they were so concerned about the outward appearance and stuff. I'd go to church, and I would, and I would be just like listening in the audience, and then the, like the bishop would say something, and I was like, what, what? That, you know, that's exactly what Jesus was talking about the Pharisees not to do, and he's doing it. So, so anyways, my eyes began to be opened, and... Um, and then um, I just I realized that you know my testimony is built on the foundation of the church and I and I you guys I was the most passionate in, um, missionary you could ever meet I I was ready to die for Joseph Smith I I, I was threatened to be killed actually one time someone <laughs> said if you come back here I'm gonna shoot you in the head <laughs> I was like whoa, but I was ready to die for my beliefs I was that strong um, in my beliefs, and God had to tear all that away from me, um, using the New Testament as I read with Micah. Um, but the thing that really that really hit me strong was the the uh, the departing testimony of Micah when he was uh, Elder Wilder, I guess at the time. But uh, he was up there, and the whole president's talk was about the four pillars of testimony you have to t- testimony on on Jesus Christ as a Savior. But that wasn't the first one he, he mentioned. Joseph Smith as a prophet, um, the uh, living prophet today, Book of Mormon. Oh, and the church so jesus wasn't one of the pillars or he was i guess maybe a fifth pillar i don't know but he said he said that if you don't yeah an extra an extra little addition a, a yeah kickstand or something but but um if you don't have a, a testimony on on all of those you don't have a solid testimony but if you only have it on one if you only have a testimony on Jesus that's not enough you don't have enough to be solid and and Micah he gets up there and he testifies all on Jesus and it was like he was just saying how he had been saved by grace um, saved on his mission and found Jesus and and he said the the words to one of our songs which I encourage you to go online to our myspace uh, myspace.com slash Adams Road Band and listen to I would die for you because that song changed my life. And that song is about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ that we have, that all of us have. And I didn't know that I had. I didn't know that the grace kicked in. Not only, uh, you know, I didn't know that I could ever, I could never ever fall away from that grace. That that no sin would separate me from the love of God. And that song taught me that. And, And he said, don't you think that Jesus, when he was on the cross, looked into your eyes and told you that he loved you? Don't you think that he saw your face and he said that I would die for you so that you can live. And that's, you know, that's what I want you guys to do, guys. I was I was as hardcore Mormon as you could ever find. And God changed my heart and changed my life. And now I'm a born-again um, Christian.
1: And awesome. Saved oh, by geez. Jesus. Praise God. So, Joseph, next in line. Mm. Micah, next in line.
4: Uh, yeah, I guess I, I came uh, out of the church <laughs> next pretty much through, you know, what these guys were, were um, discussing. But uh, I'm actually kind of the odd man out in the group a little bit because I'm, I'm uh, the only guy that's a convert, and I, I didn't serve a mission, and uh, I'm native Floridian, and now we all live in Florida, but I'm, I've, I've lived there my entire life. I love it. and uh, But uh, so, yeah, I converted to the church, actually, at a time when um, I was doing a lot of restoration on a building um, that is in, in downtown Winter Garden, um, where we all live now, and it's a Ben Breakfast uh, Hotel. It's called uh, the Edgewater Hotel, and we all live and, and work there. And it allows us to uh, to do what we do because it, it um, provides us with a lot of funds to to have extra funds to have things like a huge tour bus that we're touring ra- on right now and stuff. Um, but so, I, I, I God kind of led me to this building at a, at a time in my life when um, when I was having a lot of hard times, and uh, He He made me start thinking about Christ. And r- right at the same time as that happened, um, I met up with some missionaries and, uh, with a friend of mine, we were actually baptized together because I started taking the discussions and I felt, uh, strongly that God was leading me to, to, to be, to go into the, into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, and to me it was like, wow, it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I've just, I've just kind of started to think about Jesus in my life and, you know, this, this seems like this is the right direction for me and, uh, and at the same time i was i was i i had a strong desire i'd always had a strong desire to be in a band and uh and i so i, I started to think about cr- creating christian music and uh and then so i i joined the church and uh, w- w- what contributed to me joining the church a lot was the spirit in the in the missionaries cuz um the spirit that the mission, some of the missionaries have you know it's great like uh it's it's you can feel real real true love there but so i joined the the church and uh and started kind of. I was I was trying to make some Christian music, and I actually saw Steve Kay first, one of our vocalists and our bass player, and he had a great voice. And, uh, and then I met Mike after that, and uh, and we started talking together about starting a Christian band, um, starting a LDS band at the time. And uh, and he said, "Oh, I got a brother who's like a, a killer piano player. He's amazing." And so. Just ignore, right, ignore it. They call it. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, yeah, so we started talking about that, and uh, and then um, I actually met Mike at the at the time when uh, b- a bunch of hurricanes came through Central Florida, and uh, it's kind of interesting. Mike comes to, cent- to to Winter Garden, and uh, I, I I meet him, you know, and and the beginnings of this band are forming, and these three hurricanes come and hit hit Florida. Mike was actually where every single one of these hurricanes hit. All three f- hurricanes that hit fl- Florida. Mike was right, right there in at the eye of the storm, um, and uh, so we started talking about that. And then, and he he got transferred down to South Florida, and that's why he got hit by the th- third hurricane because he got hit by two when he was he was in central in, in Winter Garden with me, and uh, and then he started. You know, I, I knew s- s- some stuff was going on with him. He was having some problem, some problems with. Uh, with some doctrinal things in, in the church, and so I, I started asking, you know I asked him some questions, and he said, well you know I've uncovered a lot of stuff in the Bible and realized that uh, that that it doesn't what what what's in the Book of Mormon and and the Mormon scriptures doesn't line up with with the Bible, and so to me it was just like a light came on, and I said, well yeah you know it makes a lot of sense because I've I've had a lot of qu- I've had a lot of questions, uh, and you know you kind of put push them aside I guess because when you're in a, when you're in a uh, an organization, you know, you're 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 subject to that organization, and uh... and you know, it becomes part of you. You know, you're an in, you're an initiated, and and you know, you're not supposed to question authority, and so um, so you know, and then but as soon as I said, whoa, it's, you don't think the church is true? Well, yeah, you know, if, if if you don't, I I respect Micah as much as anybody, and so I said, okay, sure, you know, um, uh, well, what now? And <laughs> uh... <laughs> you know and um basically from that point on i was i considered myself a, a born again christian very good um and then uh um, the next uh, member of the band uh was was matt his brother um joined actually while he was joined the b- the band which was not not Adams Road yet but joined the uh, the band when when mike was still on his mission
1: wow so uh
5: who's up all uh, <laughs> right and uh mike mike and my brother when he uh Stepped stepped forward two weeks with two weeks left on his mission and and said you know I, I can't lie anymore I I feel I know the truth I'm gonna stand for the truth I'm gonna stand for Jesus that gave me a lot of courage it, it gave me the opportunity to start researching and taking him seriously because I love my brother and I know a lot about him and he's, he's got a good heart and he he loves the Lord and uh, so I I called him on the phone after shortly after the the incident and I said so so what really happened and, and what did you say and what is it you really believe in? And he started saying, well, I've read this in the Bible, and, and this is what the Lord's come to show me. And, and at that moment, I said, okay, I, it's a challenge to myself. I'm, I'm going to read the Bible. I, I'm going to figure these things out for myself. And, and my fiance at the time, she she supported me in that. And we were we both, um, our eyes became open the, the few months we were at Brigham Young University dating together before we left um, to the truth. And one, one thing on my mission beforehand that prepared me for that was i had a I had a mission companion that was very into what past prophets have said and and really strict with with the church and and uh we were teaching an African American and the African American would not commit to baptizing in our church and I remember after after we had tried to commit him and we left the apartment, he said, Well, you know it makes sense he's an, he's an african American he's a black of course he's a fence setter, you know they were fence-sitters in the pre-existence. They're, they're fence-sitters now, you know? It mm. makes sense, you know? And, uh, and I, I, w- I was in shock. I'm like, this person is supposed to represent Jesus Christ. How, how can he say this? Mm. And, and I, I said, Elder, I, I, I'm this close to wanting to punch you right now. <laughs> and, uh, and what he said to me was, Elder Wilder, um, I've done my research. I've read what the past prophets have said. Have you done your research? Mm. And I said, well, maybe I haven't done enough of it. <laughs> and at that point, that was really stuck in my head. And, and so I was really curious from that point on about the history of the church because I, I thought I knew it. But there's a lot of things, a lot of skeletons in the closet that I didn't know. And for me, it was a combination of learning the truth, unveiling the truth of, of the fruits of the church, what they really are because a false prophet, their fruits, they they you know they show. Mm-hmm. and. And the fruits of the church, you know, when you undig a lot of things, you know, um, they're not good. Awesome. And secondly, reading the Bible um, and experiencing Jesus Christ, I, I came to understand and know that Jesus Christ existed outside of the LDS church. He, um, His love and his grace and his power and his... The, he the, did? He did, yes. <laughs> and the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, too. Like, I I experienced them outside the church. And... As I began to experience them, I became more open-minded to the fact that, well, you know, how can this be if if the church claims, you know, a monopoly on the Holy Ghost and all these things? And and uh, just the more I learned, the the easier it was for me to step outside and and embrace Christianity. Praise
1: God! Thank you so much. And we're back. We're to Steve. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll,
6: uh, I'll try to keep it as brief as I can because I'm, I'm the last rung on the ladder and I want to leave room for, for people to call in and, you know, and, and have to say what they have to say. But uh, I'm, I'm from Seattle originally and uh, was raised in a good Mormon family, uh, served my mission in uh, Orlando, Florida. I actually went out about uh, two years before Joseph and Micah, so I never actually mm. knew them on the mission, but through a common friend that, uh, that Jay and, and Micah and Joseph all knew on the mission, we kind of all came together into the band. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, after my mission, you know, after I met the guys and said, "Yeah, let's do the band," you know, I, I went back for the summers. And during the regular school year, I was at BYU also, I actually roomed with Matt at BYU while he was a Christian, and I was still Mormon. And, uh, and you know, and, and he actually was was putting in little <laughs> hints here and there, and you know, and trying to trying to help out. And every time he'd give a little hint, I'd say. Well, you know, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but the church is still true. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so it's okay, you know. We we got a solid foundation here. We're all right, you know. And, and I always said, you know, if if anybody in the band ever says anything against the church, you know, I'm out. You know, that's that's it. So they were all very like, ooh, you know, hesitant. let's let's not scare him away, you know. And uh, but even then, while I was at BYU, there was uh, interestingly two courses I took, you know, from the the, the church school. That really started shaking my testimony in, in the Mormon Church, and uh, one of those, of course, was a New Testament study course. You know, in the writings of Paul, and you know, and I'd read the New Testament before that course, but I, would really not dug into it and really looked at it, and and said, you know, why does this contradict the Church? And there's no Joseph Smith translation on this verse. Mm-hmm. You know, I said that's a pretty clear. You know, and I'm I'm not saying one instance; they're everywhere. You know, you can read the New Testament, and I encourage anyone you know who's watching this to re- you know read the New Testament because it is so clear. And, and reading it with a Christian mindset, you know, I've never felt the Lord teaching me, you know, holding my hand and, and teaching me uh, directly like I have since I've become a Christian. I was always promised it as a Mormon, never had it. And as a Christian, God has just been there with me and, and taught me. Um, it's just truly amazing. But uh, but anyway, so you know, I, like I said, I, I would go back during the summers uh... to to florida Oh, you know what? i'm sorry really quick the other course yeah. was uh... <laughs> teachings of the prophet joseph smith oh. <laughs> which was entirely based on the book teachings of the prophet joseph smith and you know i can just say i i did not know there was so much you know that the church does not tell you about joseph smith mm-hmm. you know even our, our teacher told us stuff that wasn't even in the book and i was you know and he was very pro joseph smith and i was just blown away like this is all real stuff that happened you know but um, so anyway so uh... going back to florida Um, you know that that summer that I became a born-again Christian uh, you know all the guys were kind of like I said Matt was dropping little hints here and there and you know our our common friend that we all knew there uh, had kind of pointed me towards certain scriptures in the Bible and and I had a lot of questions and I finally just asked him you know uh, you know could you explain this to me because this doesn't make sense and he just asked me are you ready for meat and I said well, sure, of course I am. You know, I'm ex-missionary. I'm, I'm as ready for meat as they come, you know. So, so he, he gave me, you know, real, real scriptural, doctrinal meat and, uh, and just kind of laid it out for me. And uh, it was one of those instances where everything that he said was, was right out of the Bible, you know, all completely true. And I knew it was true. And I was mad because I could not deny that it was true. And I wanted so bad to believe that it wasn't true because I had this, you know, this foundation of, you know, I've loved this. I've, I've given my whole life for this. You know, my dad died when I was 16. I had a huge testimony in eternal families. And, and, you know, one of the biggest driving forces of me going on my mission was that. And I said, but this is not true. And I was angry. And for about two days, you know, I didn't believe in anything because, you know, the church is big on. It's either all true or none of it's true. So you know, if if you leave the church, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, there goes your you know testimony in Christ, Mm -hmm. albeit you know a Christ that is as gives salvation based on works instead of grace. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it was a really hard time for me to say you know what can I trust? What can I possibly trust? But again, I I started reading the Bible and uh, and gave it a chance. And, And like I said, it felt God leading me by the hand and teaching me. And I knew that that Christ was for real, that mm-hmm. Christ was the one person, you know the, the one God that I could really really truly rely on, mm-hmm. and that he was there for me and that he loved me and uh, and I've never looked back since you know and, and uh, amazingly, uh, I actually uh, was you know you mentioned you know everyone has a different experience leaving the Mormon church mm-hmm. and, and some of the guys in the band when they told their families there was a big reaction, a big shock. Um, I called and told my mom, and uh, her reaction was, oh what a relief and I said mom you know, you know but, but apparently she felt like since she raised me in the church you know and she had to keep up that image and uh-huh. and encourage me because she knew I was so into it and as soon as I said mom I don't believe in this I'm a Christian she said you know what right on I'm with you I totally believe wow. it you know and and I and I I want you to talk to your brother and your sisters and tell them to I was like oh let's not get ahead of ourselves mom you know, but, but I told them and my entire family
1: is now Christian and you know, it's has turned around and so Yep. Yeah. So. hey this uh this has not been planned or rehearsed we don't i didn't know what anyone was going to say uh and what different testimonies we have for you we know out in the viewing audience that there are those of you who will resonate to matt and uh, and uh, uh steve and to uh, micah or to any of them you're going to get something from them and i praise god for this this is so wonderful They don't, everybody who leaves the church doesn't come out wearing horns, do they? They don't all have this evil, sinister past, do they? They can be good guys who really love the Lord, who really love the church, but came to find out that Jesus. He is far superior to the organization. I just, I'm so grateful that these guys uh, took the time to be on. Listen, we're gonna go to the phones real quick. I'm gonna ask some questions between the phones. We got people from all over the nation calling actually. We're gonna go to Ryan actually first though in Salt Lake City on line one, who's LDS. Ryan, you're on Heart of the Matter.
7: Hey Sean, how's it going?
1: I'm, going, I'm doing well, how are you? Good, I,
7: uh, I'm real happy for those boys. You know, it sounds like they're real happy in their new church. but. Uh... I had a question for you about the Trinity. Mm. I know you're a big into the Trinity, and you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son, is also the Father. That's no,
1: I don't. That's modalism. I believe that there are three, dis- three in one.
7: <clears throat> okay. But you believe that Jesus Christ was God the Father made flesh, right?
1: No, I believe that Jesus Christ is God made flesh.
7: Oh, God. Well, God made flesh. Okay. Well, um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, who was Jesus Christ pl- praying to? His Father. <laughs> but Jesus Christ is the Father, you just no, said.
1: No, I, di- I didn't just say that. I said Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. You said he's the Father in the flesh. Uh, okay. okay. So
7: the, the Trinity is, not three distinct, is three distinct beings, right?
1: Three in one, oh. yeah. Three in
7: one. Three and one, okay. Mm-hmm. When did that get promulgated? When did that become official doctrine?
1: Uh, it became official doctrine with the advent of the Bible.
7: No, it did not. It became official doctrine with the Council of Nicaea. So
1: no, it, it was just it was just formalized at Nicaea. But the Bible purely teaches. Before I ever read what Nicaea or any of those things said, I read the Bible first without the help of commentary, and I came to know that there is one God, and He's manifested in three ways. So I, I never read Nicaea's uh, edict on the Trinity. I simply read the Bible and came to know in one God. So th- so Nicaea has nothing to do with me as a believer. And yet, I came to know by reading the Bible that it's one God, three persons.
7: But the Bible refers to Jesus Christ as the Son of God multiple times. He is the Son of God.
1: See, here's the whole problem, Ryan. And maybe I want to bring our guest into all this too, if you have something to say. But here's the problem you got a mind that probably can't handle trigonometry, mind can't. And so you're trying to understand an infinite God. All right? You think somehow you can do it, go ahead. But I don't want to worship a God I can fully understand. You might, I don't. Any thoughts from you guys? Truth's in the Bible. Truths in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. All right, Ryan? Alright. Thanks, man. Take care. All right, bye. Bye-bye. I liked how you called you guys boys. <laughs> Did you sense was yeah, that a, was that flattering well, or was I, that a little I, uh, demeaning? I don't
3: know. i probably with the ties, we still look like missionaries, maybe. <laughs> those,
1: those are missionary ties. Yeah, man.
3: Uh, this one this one was his tie on the mission. He
1: has exquisite taste. <laughs> <laughs> Goodwill. Goodwill. Did you baptize anybody wearing that tie?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm <laughs>
1: Alright, let's go to Cheryl from Massachusetts. First hey. t- Cheryl? Rocky. Cheryl. Rocky. Cheryl? 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 Yeah. Cheryl, you're on the air. Yeah. You're on the air, Cheryl. I
8: have a question. Okay. Uh, Also, there's a returned missionary over there. Yes. I am a returned missionary. Okay. And I'm a convert. I'm uh, um, uh, half Catholic, half Methodist. And I converted to the church. I, I went on a mission for... 28 months. Okay. My question is, can you follow Jesus without baptized?
1: Can you follow Jesus what?
4: If you don't baptized?
1: Uh, anyone get it? Uh-uh. No. Can you
4: hear me? All was maybe if you don't have eyes. I don't
1: it, it, you hear me? Can you follow Jesus if you don't have eyes?
2: If you don't baptize. If you if don't...
1: If you don't baptize. Yeah. Well, the thief on the cross did. Huh? The thief on the cross did. Who? There's this guy. <laughs> now, thie- <laughs> Thief on the cross.
8: My, my question is, that's what Jesus say. If you want to follow me, you have to do what I do. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Why is Jesus baptized? Okay, we did a show on baptism, and it's not going to be answered in 30 seconds. It actually was a 40 minute presentation, and it goes through all what baptism is, what it does. Go back to the archives, hotm.tv. You can watch that and get your answer there. Really appreciate it. We're going to move on. Thank you. Bye bye. We're going to Douglas and Palm Palm Bleach, Florida, uh, on line one. Douglas, you're on the air. John, how you doing, you muskie?
9: Just kidding. You're a good guy.
1: How's it Thanks. going, man? Douglas, doing well. How are you?
9: Good, good. Um, yeah, I, I missioned to the uh, Mormons for actually the past couple years up in, uh, in D.C. until I moved down here to Florida. And, you know, there was always this one question I would ask them that they could never, ever answer. And since you were Mormon for 40 years, maybe you could answer it for me. Okay. Well, I mean, or at least, you know, give me the... Uh, the answer I'm supposed to get. Um, okay. As far as Jesus is concerned, the Mormons believe Jesus was a God of the Old Testament, right? Yeah. Or uh, Jehovah God and Elohim yes. was the Father. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Now, my question is, in the pre-existence, if we're sent down to earth to get a body of flesh and bone like the Father in order for us to become a God, right? How did Jesus become a God before he got a body of flesh and bone?
1: The LDS don't consider him a God prior. He was uh, kind of in, uh, uh, he was an apprentice, to, to, yeah. I don't know, that's probably not in any Mormon doctrine, but he was an apprentice in the Old Testament, and he was learning and he, to become a God under the Father's care. And the Father, Elohim, guided Jehovah as he led the people, and then Jehovah came down, gave his life, and then Jehovah died, uh, ascended, and became a God. But prior to that, prior, prior to him coming and getting a body, he was not God.
9: Okay, you know, it's so funny how no missionary could ever give me that that answer.
1: You know, uh, the missionaries are probably the most uh, untaught of all the the LDS believers. Uh, (laughs) They don't want them to know everything, as evidenced by some of the testimonies here. You just kind of come out with the basics, and you really believe, and when you really don't have all the facts, you can believe better. So, uh, you know, the missionaries aren't going to know the nuanced stuff. That's a good point. And you know what's funny is that every single time I
9: ask him a question, where, where there's anything, how like Jacob uh, contradicts Doctrine and Covenants 132, yeah. anything like that, the first question out of their mouths to me is, Where did you come up with that question? Yeah. Where did you get this question from? Yeah. What books are you reading? You know, what anti Mormon literature? It's like they don't think that you're intelligent enough to read their doctrine right. and see where the contradictions are and see where it doesn't add up. Right. You know, I, I don't know if that's, a, if that's a defense mechanism or
1: what. Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, they got to attack the source. And if they can't attack the source, they'll attack the person. And if they can't attack the person, they'll attack your animals. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they got to attack something instead of the facts laid out before them. And I say that just because it's kind of facetious, but, you know, I toy with you. But that's kind of how it goes. Hey, we're going to Sherrill in Massachusetts. Thanks so much for the call, Doug. Hey, God bless you, man. God bless you. Bye-bye. Cheryl in Massachusetts. We'll try this again. First time caller. Cheryl, you're on Heart of the Matter.
10: Hi, Sean. Um, I'm very blessed to hear all these missionaries on the air this evening. I am, I'm a born again Mormon, and I've been saved for 15 years and attend Calvary Chapel in Massachusetts. And Praise my God. parents, um, unfortunately, are very heavily Mormon, and they are in Albania on a mission. They sold everything. My father will be seventy this year um, to go on a on a mission.
1: Huh. So uh, you have a a question, or is?
10: Well, I, I I've never watched you on live streaming video before, oh. so I just think there's no coincidence that you've got missionaries on there, and I just wanted to ask your um, Christian listeners to keep um, those Mormons in prayer, and that it's not just prayer, it's prayer and fasting,
0: okay. that I
10: believe that, um, you know, that this is a this is a spiritual battle that we have to win in the spirit, and in Mark 9, it talks about that this this kind can only come forth by prayer and fasting, so yeah. I just wanted to encourage um, the Christians out there to be praying and fasting for the salvation of these Mormons.
1: Really appreciate your call, Cheryl. Thank you so much.
10: All right, and thank you for your testimonies, guys. God bless you. you
1: bye-bye okay while the operators are going through some calls listen in order of frequency uh, we're going to give the top 10 questions that we received from LDS going through our archives number 10 um, how could the Book of Mormon be if Joseph Smith was not a new, (coughs) new was not a true prophet any thoughts how did Joseph Smith come up with the Book of Mormon
6: well, we, uh, we heard uh, actually quite a few things the other day. We were visiting with a, with a really nice uh, Christian scholar uh, here in the area who, who told us uh, actually a, a lot of well-documented books that were written just before uh, Joseph Smith uh, translated the Book of Mormon. And uh, you know, books that talked about the Hebrews coming over from Israel, and, and those people in the New York area, you know, that were there when the you know Pilgrims landed and everything, were uh, were from the Hebrews. There was people who you know set up uh, like a kind of a fictional like what if novel about you know this city here and this city here, and there was two warring factions that fought and this and this. And so it's not like like the ideas that are in the Book of Mormon are original ideas. They were around before Joseph Smith even came up with it. Um, you know and and i i think it's funny as a as a missionary we always pushed you know how could he have possibly written this amazing book with no contradictions right. and if, if you feel that way i i urge you to read the book of mormon because it's full of them, you right. know right. And, and if if you really look at it and and compare it to even the doctrine and covenants if you want or or the bible especially you know it's it's there's plenty of contradictions there so
1: there are very good answer you can go to our uh... seven-part series on the book of mormon it talks about those different sources uh... that steve brings up that there is you know from the newspapers even and even to different things that were happening uh, socially uh, and masonry and all those things are all themes that are found within the book of mormon answer that question uh, what about following the prophet i mean are, do you guys what do you think of following the prophet
2: i'll answer that question because i think it's a very simple question uh, hebrews the prophet is jesus christ follow jesus christ you'll be saved
1: <laughs> now why is it very so simple. easy how come he can say it and no one's calling and picking on him? I mean, it's so simple. Listen to this from the mouth of babes. It, it, it's so simple. Jesus is the prophet. You follow him. You don't need Thomas Monson. You know, you might need him as a, as a, as somebody for the institution to kind of make decisions, but not as a prophet. Okay. Uh, other churches can have truth, but Mormonism just gives people all the truth, the fullness of the gospel.
0: Oh man! Well, that's, I think you have something to
3: say. Well, that's just—that's exactly what they taught us to say in the in the MTC. All growing up when when I was a little kid, as lo- you know, as, as soon as I could say any words, my parents were whispering in my ear saying you know this is the truth that you know this is the say this when you, you know bear your testimony and I'd get up there and everyone's
0: like yeah he's eight years old he's bearing his testimony
3: <laughs> you know yeah. and it was the same thing I know this church is true I know you know and and it, it's it's the automatic response that when when anyone you know it's like oh well they have truth out there but we have the full truth but the full truth is in Jesus Christ yeah. and that's the that's the bottom line it's the Bible is Jesus Christ
1: so. amen And you know, one of the pernicious things, I think even Steve mentioned on this too, was that when um, the LDS Church teaches that it's the only fullness true gospel and that we're the only ones, the real terrible thing about that is that when you turn against it, if you don't know the Lord and you fall in the gutter, which is where you're going to go probably, uh, they can say, see, see, look it. They leave the church, they fall in the gutter. They have preconditioned you that if you turn from the church And it's the only true church that you leave God all... He did it for two days. I did it for 17 years in my heart, kind of, that you just fall apart. How unfair. What a terrible thing to do. So uh, Vincent in Salt Lake City, first time call. We're going to get to you in a minute. What was the hardest thing for you to give up that the church teaches? Was there any doctrine that the church teaches that maybe you still... Does something reoccur and come to you that something you might... Oh, wow, do I believe that, you know? (laughs) Sometimes I say before we were... uh, when we lived with God before, I'll say that on the show on accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
2: no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Anything in your hearts? Well, one thing I would say is that nothing compares to the knowledge that we're saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Okay. So when you know that, everything else goes away. Great Completely, completely. everything else. Great That's answer. how I feel. I mean, grace was really hard for me to accept,
3: actually. Mm. Actually, like, n- realizing that I didn't have to earn my own way, mm-hmm. that, uh, that,
1: you know, it was just grace. That, right. that was very hard for me to accept. Mm-hmm. Okay, good it's faith though. It is <laughs> absolutely. Uh, really quick, tough question. Do you think I'm going to hell as a believing, faithful Latter-day Saint? Let's take a poll. <laughs> <laughs> um, if someone know? asked, that, no. If someone asked that question, do you think I'm going to hell if I am a no, faithful, no, no, believing Latter-day I Saint? I don't believe that. No. Don't believe that? Uh, it's not for me to decide. <laughs> God's the judge, not me. I like the body language. I don't want to be in the judgment seat. Jesus Christ is the judge, so. Jesus Christ, judge? I would say the same thing. Same, same thing. The judge. Yep. So, the uh, listen, the counter-cult ministries out there that love to say that, you know, you're going to hell. You yeah. Mormons, you're going to hell. Just wake up. Come on. You got, you got five <laughs> Christian guys here who love the Lord, left the Mormon church, but they're not going to say that. Why do you need to say that, you know? Just have love in your heart, share the gospel, let God be the judge. All right, let's go to the phone. Vincent, first-time caller in Salt Lake City. Vincent, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you?
8: Pretty good. Um, I guess I just wanted to say that, um, first off, I want to thank you for, you know, helping me uh, see a lot of the truth of the Mormon church. And uh, also, um, I've been actually watching your show for a while now, just never called because I never really had a topic or something that I can talk about that uh-huh. um, I can sort of relate to everyone else it just seems like everybody that calls are either um, active LDS right now or, or have been LDS since, since childhood or, and trying to become not LDS but uh, I just wanted to say um, the young gentleman Jay that spoke uh-huh. there uh, I really enjoyed his comment because I'm actually a convert of the church and, um, How long have you, you know, been a convert for? becoming born-again Christian now. And so at least it makes me feel good that I'm the only dumb one that thinks that. Shout it <laughs> out. So, um, How
4: long have you been a convert
8: for? Um, I've been a convert for about three years now. Just three? Three, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I actually was that um, when I was living in Texas and moved up here to Utah to become, I guess, more staunch LDS and, you know, I guess that it, it just, it didn't work out because I, I saw, you know, the truth, you know, um, you show. Well, yeah, born and raised Jehovah Witness my whole entire life oh, and then wow. Switched wow. religion upsetting my parents and stuff and. You know, now
1: it's like, ugh, why did I even do that? I should have just became born-again Christian. Um, <laughs> but, hey, Vincent. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate your comments. We are out of time, believe it or not. Okay. So uh, is there anything else to wrap it up in my like 10 seconds?
8: Yeah. I just wanted to say uh, you're doing an awesome job, and thank you.
1: Oh, thank you, Vincent. Thank you. God bless you.
8: You too. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right, listen. Calvary Chapel, Salt Lake City, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., You can hear these guys play and more of their testimony. Uh, Tomorrow night's not Saturday night. uh, Tomorrow night is Wednesday night. Then Saturday night at 6 p.m. at the First Baptist Church of Tooele. They're going to be there 6 p.m. First Baptist Church of Tooele Saturday night. And then in West Jordan at the Veterans Marshall Stadium. Worship in the Park Sunday at 6 p.m. Three different places, three different opportunities. Your uh, website is www.myspace.com slash Adams Road Band. Adams Road Band. They have a CD on that uh, site available? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Get it. it. iTunes, Amazon, anywhere
1: online. Uh, Alathea Ministries, Heart of the Matter. We fully are behind these young guys. They have a ministry uh, like no other. Their collective testimonies, their hearts for the Lord, their talent with music, fantastic. We're going to go to one last call. Eric from Alpine, gone. Uh, All right. The, la- the final question in the top ten is, and uh, uh, the second to the last, is what sins did you commit that caused you to leave the church?
3: <laughs> well, we're all sinners.
1: Yes, we are. Yes, we yeah, are. That's I'm a sure. good
7: answer. <laughs>
1: but wh- was there anything in your life, <laughs> Elder, that was not disclosed to the bishop prior to going on your mission? <laughs>
3: Mm, well, believe it or not, anyone that's listening that's Mormon and thinks that that's the only way that you can fall away from the church, that is not the only way. Yeah. <laughs> the truth takes you away from the church yeah, of say, Jesus Christ, lot you know, saints. I,
6: I know all these guys really well, and they're all really, really amazing, great guys, you know, and uh, and even now, as Christians, we still live, I would say, by the same standards we did as Mormons. So, yeah. you know, to say that it's because of a sin, no.
2: It's if it's kinda. a sin to have uh, faith in Jesus Christ, <laughs> then we're big sinners. If it's
3: a sin to say Jesus, then... We're big sinners, (laughs) too. Exactly,
1: exactly. What a great uh, show. We pray God's blessings on these guys, their ministry, their music. Worldwide success to share uh, the message of Jesus Christ, not just with Latter-day Saints, but for everybody. Everybody needs him. Listen to what they said. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter.
9: I'll be honest.